Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Mr. Pop. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Four score and seven years ago. When in the course of human events. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. There is not a black America and a white America and Latino America and Asian America. There's the United States of America. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Because people have got to know whether or not their president's a crook. Are you a lonely businessman looking for something to take your mind off work? Why not visit Teasers in Felpersham, where lovely ladies like myself will slide up and down a pole with a sullen expression while we try and check the clock behind the bar to work out when we can go home? Teasers for romantics, sponsors of Dumpty Dum. This is Dumpty Dum from Hattie Allen, age six. Dumpty 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 Dum Dumpty Dumpty Dum Dum Dumpty 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 Dum Dumpty Dilly Dum Dumpty Dilly Dumpty Dilly Dumpty Dilly Dumpty 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 Dum Dumpty Dilly Dum G'day Freeman G'day You're sounding chirpier Where are you living now? Um. Well, I've got myself a nice little cotch as us West Indians call it, over in a district called Mission. And I'm staying with a gentleman called Julian, who's kind of never really there, who's, ah. uh, who's a Mexican... Well, he's, he's he's planning on actually going in the other direction. He's planning on moving to Mexico. I thought all the Mexicans are moving up to California, <laughs> but he's, he's going in the opposite direction. <laughs> but he's but he's very nice. And he smokes, oh, good. he smokes a lot of the weed. As Nice. Well, I'll tell you what, everybody in this town... Smokes yeah. weed like just out on the street corners. It doesn't matter. You know, you, I went out on Saturday night, 
went to um, there's this district called the Hate, and um, very very kind of cool and very like Hate Ashbury. Yes, and yeah. it's very very cool and very boho, and it's just I just got out of the taxi and you just smelt weed. Like, right. <laughs> like in a way that I've never smelt when I go to downtown Kingston. Seriously, it was really? just like yeah, 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 yeah. And because everybody smokes outside now, but yeah, at like ten o'clock on a Saturday evening, <laughs> the vast majority of people are smoking weed outside and just you know, it's just yeah. the way it is. I'm like Jesus Christ, you know. <laughs> it's like the 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 the, uh, the air was thick with with ganja. It was just Blimey. quite quite amazing, but no, it's um, it's very lovely, and um, yeah, it, uh, I, I'm enjoying my time. Cool. Mm. What's your intention of the week? Are we doing a Kate now? Yes. What's it? Oh God, to not throw my radio through the bloody window every time I hear Kate's voice because honestly, I'm finding it difficult to control my fury. She's just hideous to listen to. I hate her. I hate her. I think she's actually coming level with Rob in my level of hatred. Really? Yeah, people well, that will go, ah, every time they appear. <laughs> the thing is, she's kind of slightly caricature, but oh yeah, I do know two or three people who are remarkably similar, do you know what I mean? So <laughs> I, it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. recognise one ex-girlfriend in particular. <laughs> <laughs> it's people who say... Really? I've decided I've just got to like concentrate on myself. <laughs> and you think you have never concentrated on anybody other than yourself. It's always those people mm. that say that. Yeah. There's, well, you know what, we should maybe save this for the actual show show. So I won't go down that, okay. that route. But I'm loving straight Phoebe. It is um, kind of ad, ad fab, isn't it? In that's what I said. That's in the monologue. Oh gosh! All right. <laughs> well, listen. Why don't we just uh, kind of crack on with okay. this show because um, I am well up for a good one today. <laughs> this is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality darky drama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm Royfield Brown. Is intoning his intention of the day, and with me I have the woman who puts the lower into Loxley, Lucy Freeman. Oh. <laughs> I thought, I'd, I thought I'd go low key. Did I surprise you? Sorry. There's Lucy Freeman! <laughs> Lucy Freeman! How about that? That's it. You're a boxing announcer. And the people <laughs> that put the green in the village are you folks. Now, today's rendition of Barrett Green is brought to you by Hattie Allen, who's age six. I just love that one, Hattie, so I had to bring it back from the vault. Um, Lucy. Yes. Can you remind our listeners how they win the accolade of Dumb De Dumber of the Week? Because we're dredging stuff up again now. We need some oh. fresh ones. Okay, don't leave us dredging, folks. If you want to send us a Dumpty Dum or a prediction for Charlie and Adam, will it be titillation on the tractor or a poke in the polytunnel? Give us a call <laughs> on 02030313105 or get in touch via a speak pipe on the site. Uh, thanks again to lovely Harriet at Chambridge and to Derek for the load of the back bedroom. Derek is continuing his year of fundraising. He did uh, stop October and November and is currently doing bumuary for <laughs> awareness. <clears throat> so if anyone would like to donate, please do so via the donate button on the Dum to Dum website. And also if you bump into him, probably avoid shaking his hand. <laughs> 
calls this week, folks. Ooh, we've got a lot of them. We've got some old oldies and goodies back. Not contrary. She's back, folks, and she calls all the way from Toronto with a cold water trooper. Cosmo, he's also back from Indochina, and he forensically takes apart the scripts yet again. Dusty substances. Ooh. Uh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I just... I, a shiver went down my leg then when I said... <laughs> No, it's just you wet yourself again. <laughs> yeah, no, I do have some bladder control problems. <laughs> Dusty, just, just leave, I wanted to leave her happy marriage and just run away with me. But she calls us again, Jean R61, who had not forgotten us and compares Tony to Lazarus Yokel Bear, who is. Um, look, I, c- I couldn't believe this, but Yokel Bear is the only Archers listener I know who's not a fan of Ian Jeremiah Smith. Now, the first time Jeremiah called in, didn't agree with a word he said. I'm now completely on board. And then bringing <laughs> up the rear, we have the naughty bugger who goes by the name of Sean Geraghty. It's a bumper full show of calls. It's 2015. Oh, now, right, Lucy. Yes. But before we do the calls, can you promise me that you'll be here and present right now? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Let us know what you've got in your milking parlour. I, 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 yes, I've got my ankles behind my ears as I read this. That's a rather startling. Oh dear. Uh, vision. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, that's why I sound a bit high. <laughs> January starts slowly for all of us, doesn't it? After a damp and miserable day, Helen cheered Rob up with two fingers and some ginger, which must have brought tears to his eyes. Ah, Frida was upset about the Brooker's move and worked her way through a whole bag of Pontefract cakes, said Bert. Killer Timoggan was concerned and immediately spotted Frida as a potential buyer for her herbs. She wondered if Frida would be interested in some lemon balm tea or if she's had that many Pontefract cakes, possibly a rubber bung. Uh, Shula and Jill had a completely pointless exchange about whether or not Jill would be bringing her curtains with her to the stables. I can't really see how she can leave them behind, but there we are. Jill is going to sleep in Daniel's old room and Daniel in the box room, so it's easier for Shula to creep into Daniel's old room and carry on the breastfeeding. <laughs> Rob wants a little baby, although he already has one allegedly with Jess. Helen wants a wedding first, as she wouldn't like to do anything as unconventional as shack up with a creepy git who's proposed while still being married to someone else who he's just had a baby with. Rob is subliminally suggesting that Henry is lonely. Can't you see him playing with himself, Helen, like father, like son? <laughs> Kenton let the gas off in the ball. Maybe he's been at the Pontefract cakes as well. Jolene and Kenton have now started swapping sexual favours for menial tasks. He has to clean out the condenser in exchange for a twiddle of her optics. He has, in utterly predictable Kenton fashion, spunked his Brooker's money up the wall and bought business class tickets to Australia with a stopover in La La Land, where Kenton clearly lives. Oh, this is going to be a disaster. And not only because we will inevitably be ushered into the Qantas lavatory with Kenton and Jolene while they attempt to join the Mile High Club. Phoebe is hanging around the lambing shed, swapping thinly veiled lambing analogies with St. Brian the Holy Bar. I can help by feeding this lap. What? 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 Oh, no, no, sorry, sorry. I, I was going to uh, interrupt, but I thought, no. You, you, you best just, like, continue. <laughs> I can help. But I can this. interrupt you if you want me to. 
Saint Brian of the Ware. I didn't quite catch what you said, the Lucy. Holy Saint Brian the Holy Martyr. Have oh. you not heard going on about Adam's gone away and left me to do all the work? Well, most of the time he sits in his study, pissing around on whatever it is, Tinder, and drinking whiskey. He doesn't actually go out and do any farming at all. He occasionally picks up crisp packets from the fishing lodge, and that's it. But now Adam's gone, you see, he's having to be a proper farmer again. I think Brian's probably got an unbalanced spiritual core. Uh, yes, no, I think Brian's spiritual core is probably propped up with a Beaujolais and some venison pasties, actually. Ah, I can help. Is that a carafe of Beaujolais? It is. That's the word of the week. Carafe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can help by feeding this lamb, Grandad. Yes, I am loving having Mama Toby. It is brilliant. Oh, look, she won't let go of the bottle and neither will the lamb. Yes, Eden <laughs> Kate has discovered that wine is a major food group. She spends a lot of time in her room at home farm meditating. Oh, we've all woken up in a hedge with a cold kebab in our pockets after an evening on the meditation. I'm the big letdown, said Kate, the big letdown. <laughs> Kate and Phoebe are now officially the Adina and Safi of Ambridge. They went out for lunch. Kate polished off a carafe, or six, and made Phoebe late for her French conversation lesson. Je suis désolé because je suis en retard. Mais ma mère est un self-obsessed nut job. Helen used her. Let's talk can, to you can, like j- j- Just before we go on to Helen, can yes. I just say I love Kate Aldridge? <laughs> I just like uh, Jeremiah Smith. You were so right. I'm so glad she's back. You know, we need. She's just the right side of being a pantomime villain to be believable. She's an impotent. She's like a gnat bite that you forget about it and you think, oh, maybe it's gone. And then it starts to, the itchiness starts to creep back and you think, (laughs) no, it's still there. (laughs) And we all know that kind of self-obsessed, I'm really spiritual, I'm thinking about the world, but really it's all about me type person. And People who won't eat any, who have a macrobiotic diet apart from the four tons of coke they shove up their nose every weekend. (laughs) I have a friend who's a homeopath who goes on about organics all the time while she's got a Marlboro light dangling from her lips. <laughs> I am thinking, hmm, is that... Uh, anyway, never is that, is that homeopathic tobacco? Yes, clearly, that's what it is. I, I once knew this lady-type person and, and she was forever just saying, I don't need to listen to the news, read the newspapers, because I know everything that's going on in the world. I just, I just meditate. And they come to a point when New Orleans was under like one mile, one mile deep of water. <laughs> and <laughs> she, it, New Orleans had been drowned for about a week. And she went, has something happened in America? <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? You tell me, love. You've been meditating. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I said, well, you tell me. She went, well, how has that happened that all of New Orleans under... <laughs> I says, well, you don't need to know any news. You know everything, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> but, oh. oh, the self-obsessedness of these people. But, no, I, I'm loving I'm loving Kate. And the actress playing her is doing a damn fine job. And I'm She in... did very, very good pissed acting as well. She did. She did. She did. That, and she just she went just at the start. You could just see she was just getting a bit slippy with her words. Mm. And you thought, ooh, how much has she had to drink? And then it was really evident that she was drinking 
And even before you knew she was drinking, because I kind of tuned in halfway to that episode the first time I heard it mm. and thought, is she a bit pissed? But it was just only slightly. And then the next time it was like, <laughs> she is. <laughs> and this woman is so vile. She's going to push Phoebe back uh, to Roy, isn't she? It's yeah. just, yeah. You know, yeah. Phoebe's starting to realise, hmm, my, my, my dad's actually not a bad person. He's made a mistake, a pretty big one, but he's fundamentally not as messed up as my mother. And the hypocrisy of the woman as well. Oh, exactly. And she, when she said, and I don't know what Elizabeth Potter thought she was doing. Yes. What did she say? work. And I thought, you, you did. That's, you know, <laughs> when you were knocking off that, you know, your boss in thing. I've just completely forgotten about that. Conveniently forgotten about it. Oh, no, son, come on. Yeah, and forgotten about the fact that she'd knocked off Roy in the first place yeah. to produce Phoebe. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. dearie, me, dearie me, dearie me. Um, uh, but anyway, mm. you were talking about Helen. I was. Uh, Helen and her let's talk to you like you're six voice. Uh, she did it on uh, Tina in the shop and Johnny. I'm not sure you should have ordered 17 tons of grated quinoa, Tina. <laughs> and Johnny, you were supposed to have written three boxes of potatoes and instead you seem to have written, piss off Helen, you pompous deluded lunatic. Tony was measured up for crutches. At least they told Tony it was crutches. He couldn't figure out why they wanted to measure him from top to toe there and why they were carrying spades. Charlie, just just be, and this is the last time I'm going to interrupt your your wondrous monologue because uh, one of my intentions of 2015 is not to interrupt unless (laughs) it's absolutely meant and pointed and, and, you know, you need interrupting. And for the most part, you don't. However, we'll just say this. I am throwing this out to the doctors amongst you. How the hell can this man have had a tracheostomy and then just be as perky yeah. and as lively as he was? So, Paul Room. I had the wisdom tooth out. <laughs> <laughs> I had the wisdom tooth out and I sounded rougher than Tony about a month after. Well, I know people have said, why does Royfield need to know what we do for a living? It's for things like this. So, yes. I can get the. We've got Mary Latiss and, and Paul Room. They're, they're the MDs in the house. So What's the on and can we have some? I think exactly. that's what we need. One minute, the man was dying at death's yeah. door. He was staring he was at that. away. Listen, that man was looking at the little bright white light in the tunnel, wasn't he? He was that he close was. to death and whatever. And now yeah. he's pogoing around the room. <laughs> Mary Latiss, is this possible? Paul Room, is this believable? How much Barocca did they give him? <laughs> I know it's supposed to revive you, but maybe it was Red Bull or something. <laughs> Just absolutely incredible. Because mm. I thought, I thought, have I, have I slipped into a coma and woken up a month later? Because he sounds exactly like he did before. Exactly. La la la, morning darling. What? <laughs> you were in an iron lung last time we you. Saw know, you know, we talked about Kate Aldridge and in that episode she went from being sober to a little bit pissed. Yeah. Like, I love very pissed me. Right, Tony went from being at death's door to saying, hello mum, to be fine. Yeah. That yeah. was it. In a week. <laughs> In a week. Anyway, anyway, I promise I will not interrupt till the end of your monologue. So you okay. go for it now, Lucy. Uh, Charlie has taken on the Adam role, creeping up on Jennifer in the village shop and saying, Hi, have you heard anything about Adam? Is he having a nice time? Has he texted or anything? Can I see the text? Did he talk about me? Jennifer Archer, private investigator, murders and planning permission speciality, is now hot on the trail of Harry McShan, deputy editor of the Westbury Courier. He wears a trilby and has a fag dangling out of one side of his mouth. 
Well, Toots, he said to Jennifer, come in and give me the lowdown on the industrial unit and let's give the Borchester Echo a kick up the patootie. Gail, the solicitor in hey, product. You know, I'm going to use the word Toots when I when I meet <laughs> abroad today <laughs> out oh, on man. the streets of San Francisco. <laughs> hey, Toots! Okay. <laughs> What's up with you, Daddy-O? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> we need to reclaim the word touch. Yeah, that's, that's an all. That word's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, sorry, I've, bro- I've broken one of my intentions of 2015. It lasted a minute, though. That's... <laughs> <laughs> um, Gail, the solicitor in Prudder, is investigating the wastewater at Hadley Hock or Tinkety Tonka, whatever it's called. <laughs> like the fact she's called Gail. It seems appropriate. She may have a sister called Light Flooding. Anyway, <laughs> it is going to cost 180 billion squillion pounds for them to get water out of the taps in Prudhoe rather than raw sewage. I wasn't listening to the details. I was too busy skipping around the kitchen laughing and shouting ha ha, it's all going to go wrong. They're going to take it off the market and you're going to be stuffed and everyone will hate you. Ha ha ha. Um, Ed doesn't want to get married in the church that his girlfriend married his brother in. His friend jilted his fiance in and half his relatives are buried in. I can't think why. I mean, it's not like it's bad luck or anything. Jess is making trouble for Titchinob and naming him as the father and demanding maintenance for little Ethernet. Rob will sort it out by ringing the child support agency. Apparently, the CSA are renowned for taking people's words on trust. So it'll be fine, Rob. Don't worry. Just ring them up and say, um, look here, you know, I'm not working class or anything. A uh, bit of a misunderstanding. Woman's a bit of a psycho. You know how they get. A bit of lovely new bit of stuff. And uh, the other one's got a bit funny. Probably sort it out, will you? That's a good chap. It'll be fine. <laughs> David went completely bats and had a lunatic meeting with Fran of Franchester about robotic milkers. Fran of Franchester sounded exactly like new Kate, who sounds exactly like old Debbie. It's baffling. And what is weirder is that I looked up Franchester and it's not a place. She's a personal trainer from Chicago. I accidentally connected <laughs> with her on LinkedIn and now I have had to endorse her for robotic milking. So this is the level of service you get from Dumpty Dum. Ooh. And now you may interrupt because I've finished. Did it say when you when you connected with her on LinkedIn suggested people you might know is her brother Frank. <laughs> what the fuck? What was all that nonsense about? It's like David just went completely mad. I don't know whether it was the, 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 jo- the drive or what, but you could hear even Ruth and <laughs> Ruth and uh, Pip going, yeah, all right, shut up. <laughs> it's just like, hello, are you called Frank? Have you got a brother called Frank? <laughs> you man, calm down. I mean, he, he, you know, he needs to get out of... If that's, if that's what happens to him when he gets out of uh, Borsetshire, he, he needs to get out more often, doesn't he? Literally, he just needs to meet more people he's not related to, clearly. Because he just went completely to pieces in a very embarrassing fashion. He did. <laughs> he did. But I, I did laugh like it. I did laugh like it. And <laughs> I've had a lovely week listening to The Archers this week. It has been. I've, I've enjoyed every last morsel of it even down to you know i've been saying for the last few weeks that i don't we don't need the uh is rob the father of the of the sprog storyline however i was slightly drawn in because i don't know whether reading between the lines she kept on saying that you're my husband you're his father Mm. she didn't say there was that night she didn't no but why would she be pushing him to take the test 
if she didn't you know you never ask a question that you don't already know the answer to why would she be pushing him to take the test if she knew because she would know that it wasn't his but i've said this uh, a few months ago this woman's not right okay she's she's not right and she's she, she's not an out and out nutter but there is something not quite adding up. And the way that the, the, the script writers have thrown us these curveballs all the time, you know, we're all led to believe that, of course, he is the father. But I, I, I think Rob's going to... I don't. I think he's. I think he's. His little sperms miss miss the mark here. I don't think he is, and I hope he isn't. And I want. And I. I really want to investigate as the reasoning as to her mental state and the reasons why she's saying actually the that he is because it's just too obvious to say that he is. And you know, yeah. signposted in that he had that night away. But you know, he's not saying. Fine, I'll take the test, and then you know, is he? If it wasn't his, he would say. Yeah, no problem, I'll take the test and then it'll be proved and then you'll just have to shut up. But she also could have said, and I suppose I'm just thinking of this as a listener, she could have said, Rob, there was that night when you came around, da-da-da-da-da, come on. Right, because obviously mm. what they weren't doing is they weren't going at it at the clappers for months and months and months, were they? Because oh. they were physically were separated. Yeah. And she could have just said, look, there was that time you know it and I know it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She didn't say that. She kept on saying, you are my husband, you are the yeah. father, which is not at all the same thing. No. Do you know what is really, really clever about this? Say, no, Lucy, I don't know what is really, really clever about this. No, Lucy, I don't <laughs> know what is a clever thing about this But this, this has literally like. only just occurred to me because I'm a bit sick. But... Oh, you're far this, too thick. This is blind spirit. This is two women who you don't know their stories properly. First of all, you think one of them's a nutter. Then you think the other one's a nutter. You're not sure about the man at all. You're fairly sure he's misogynist, but you don't know who's provoking, um, not who's provoking who, but which out of the two. Is, is it, this almost feels like this is more to do with Rob and Jess, like an elaborate game that's being played on Helen. Mm. Exactly like in Blythe Spirit when it's like an elaborate um, trick between the first wife and the husband and the first wife against the second wife. So that means then... And she finishes up being kind of um, uh, sort of marginalised by both of them. So that means then that Rob will end up with Kate then or something dreadful because Mm, he goes after the third one right at the end. Yeah. Well, no, he doesn't do that in, in Blythe Spirit. He goes off... Uh, on his own, basically. Oh, okay. Well, I, I I didn't listen to the play properly. They they kill him. They they uh th- th- accidentally. I don't think that's going to happen. But I just think it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> this is no, yeah, you... going way into the realms of fantasy now. I just think there is a sense that they both know what's going on and Helen doesn't. Mm. They both know what the truth is, and the only person who hasn't got a clue is Helen, and she's just being fed lies by both of them yeah well helen wants to believe what she wants to believe anyway so yeah but but yes but i think that is incredibly perceptive and you say that you're not clever the woman who can speak about five languages i can't speak about five languages you can understand five languages yeah but a lot of people can it's not that's not anyway Uh, i can't i want i want in 1998 christmas 
in Turin and my girlfriend at the time's parents were chatting around the, the Christmas table and I got the gist of the conversation and I answered in Italian and they all went quiet and went, we're going to have to be careful what we say around. <laughs> that was the high point of me understanding the Italian language. It's been downhill ever since. <laughs> um, and on that uh, bombshell, let's hit those phone lines because we've got a trailer load of calls this week. Hello, Ambridge3962. Hello, you two. It's Not Contrary from Toronto. Sorry I haven't called in for a while. It's been a busy Christmas and New Year, and you may be able to hear I'm still getting over a cold. And I'd also like to start off by letting you know that I work in healthcare administration in Canada, in case that's something you ever need insight on. I'll be happy to talk to you about that, particularly for cancer services. So today I'd like to talk about Rob and Helen And I'm not happy with Rob badgering Helen to have another baby. And I was particularly annoyed by the scene where they were playing football and he mocked Helen for kicking like his mum, kicking like a girl, which is just the most insulting thing ever. Um, And then Helen went on to complain that her shoes were not suitable for playing football. And then my mind went to a horrible place and conjured up images of Helen having her feet bound in the way that um, was done for women who didn't need to work anymore. The families were showing the status that they didn't have to work, so their feet were of less use and their feet were bound. But I'm sure that's really not the case. And it did amuse me to see Rob so riled about the baby and uh, Jess's call. And I was highly, highly amused when he talked about phoning up the child support agency to convince them that he was not the father, because I'm sure that never happens to them, right? You know, absent fathers, you know, begging them to see their point of view. I'm sure he thinks his charm and sophistication and persuasiveness uh, will win over the call centre people at the CSA. And of course, he won't get very far with that and will have to take a paternity test you know, really, if you were being calculating like Rob, you might already think, well, then if I take the paternity test and I'm the father, Henry's got a ready-made little stepbrother to play football with. So what he could do then is he could say that Jess is an unfit mother. He could cook up some reason and make her out to be deranged because we know he sort of sent her into a bad mental state with all his abuse over the years. And he could say, well, I've got a loving, stable uh, relationship. I'm getting married to my fiancé. I have a ready-made stepmother for the child. And um, then he could, you know, have Henry and the new baby um, together with Helen. And, you know, there'd be no risk then of Helen giving birth to a daughter because, of course, clearly girls are useless, according to Rob. And um, that would be it, in my opinion. Get Helen to legally adopt the other child then kill off Helen, kill off Henry, and not before um, Helen's already inherited all the Archer's property, and then the Jess spawn can eventually get the inheritance many, many decades down the line. That's where my mind went in my slightly deranged, post-viral, post-cold state. Hope it amused you too. Thanks, you too. Bye now. Yes. Now, Not Contrary, back to Jess and uh, Rob, Not Contrary thinks, apart from a very upsetting comment on Helen with bound feet. um, But yes, there is an element of that. And I thought that as well when she said, Helen said, I'm wearing the wrong shoes to play 
football is. And I thought, I bet that was Rob's idea. I bet Rob made you wear those shoes. Anyway, she he she thinks that uh, Rob is going to persuade Jess that uh, Jess is bonkers and Rob is going to get custody of the kid. Jess's kid. And then have that as uh, the little baby that he wants so that Rob, uh, so that uh, uh, Henry will have someone to play with and his weirdo little empire will expand. I, I, I don't know about that, so I'm not going to comment on that. But one thing, I'll say two things, though. Welcome back, Not Contrary. Yes. Uh, it's a long time since uh, we've heard from you. And on the bound feet thing, if you are looking for something to watch on Netflix, Marco Polo is not at all too bad. And um, there's a scene in there where the little girl gets her, her feet broken to be bound. It is absolutely <sighs> horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. But Marco Polo on Netflix, um, if you're into history like me, it's not at all bad. It's a good romp. Um, there's, a, there's a bit of, dare I say, tits and arse in it too. Lots of incredibly strong female characters who are... Um, you know, use their intelligence. Some use their sexual wiles to get what they want, and then some of them are just badass ninjas. And uh, and then you have um, round eyes, as they call him, in the court of Kublai Khan, as he tries to um, conquer southern China. And the Chancellor of the Song Dynasty. What a phenomenal character! So anyway, Marco Polo Netflix. It's free, folks. Very, 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 very good. Marvellous. Hi Lucy, hi Royfield and fellow Dumpty Dummers. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, I'm Mary and I tweet sometimes as Mary Latiss and I'm a doctor. Um, I've got a few things to say this time. Uh, You don't have to talk about it again, but I am with Lucy on the um, if Jim doesn't have to be a warlock, then Carol Toboggan really shouldn't have to be a witch. But uh, there you go, especially with her overly suspicious brew-ups. I do foresee liver failure somewhere along the line. However, Royfield, thank you so much for mentioning the history of English podcast, which um, I've been listening to as I drive to work on non-dumpty-dum days. It's absolutely brilliant, so thank you for that. David and Ruth, to be quite honest, they can't go to Prudha soon enough for me. I'm really beginning to detest Ruth with a vengeance even more than usual, but I guess that's just good writing. But they won't go. We all know they won't go. And the rest of the year will be tire, very tiresome uh, recriminations. Kashula won't get her high-spec stables. Lizzie won't get her bridal suites or whatever at Lower Loxley. Kenton will go into deep debt because of his Australia holiday and Fallon won't get her tea rooms. You know, just go to Northumberland, please. Helen and Rob, I really don't think the paternity test stuff is really going to change anything, really. Um, Rob will either hide the DNA results uh, and lie and pay pay the, um, the money anyway to Jess, or he'll somehow accuse Jess of, I don't know, Stealing his sperm. Helen is is hooked. Um, and on the psychology side, I think you've got to remember that her last long-term relationship was with Greg, who killed himself. So poor Helen, I'm sure she's just very pleased that Rob is still alive and with her for all his controlling nastiness. Um, and, and one last thing related to that. There were some tweets over the new year that suggested that Kate 
might be the one to bring Helen to her senses over Rob. But um, somebody said, and I forget who, so forgive me, that she'd either sort, sort out Helen or she'd have a baby with Rob. And it got me thinking that I think that's an absolutely delicious idea. Kate did say how good looking Rob was at the party. And she is his type, really. I mean, Jess is obviously troubled and needy. Helen is troubled and needy. And Kate, for all her vegan bravado, is also really troubled and needy. And uh, I think it would be really good, although probably a bit over the top, if uh, Rob set his sights on her next, uh, with or without dumping Helen first. Um, I'm sure it, uh, it won't happen, and uh, I do fear for the blood pressure of uh, Goddess Diva if it does. But uh, we shall wait and see. Uh, I think that's it from me for now. Uh, loving the podcasts. Keep up the good work. Uh, and bye-bye. Another person that enjoyed one of your recommendations was Mary Latiss, mm. who said she is enjoying the history of English. It, it is, it is absolutely brilliant. And I am... Um, a tiny bit of a segue. I... Um, so I've got my new podcast out, uh, which is Ten American Presidents, and it's out this week on Mixcloud, not on iTunes yet. And I'm going to get Kevin Stroud, the, who does the History of English, actually to talk about Ronald Reagan and Obama. Ooh. Yes. Anyway, Meredith, yes. tell us what. Shouldn't you be talking about um, uh, George Bush, as he did more to mangle the English language than any other president <laughs> before or since, surely? <laughs> Well, you know, the whole thing about um, American English is that um, linguists say... It's wrong. Well, linguists say that it's truer to 17th and 18th century English than than modern English. That that we've had an accent shift, which the Americans actually haven't had. Um. Irony of ironies, that we lord it over them saying that we speak correctly, but actually... Our accent has shifted, and theirs has stayed more true. Well, be that as it may, I am not going to stop lording it over anybody, just <laughs> so that everyone's clear. <laughs> Tell us what Mary, or what Mary Latisse said. Do you know what? On my notes, it just says, Mary Latisse agrees with both of us, but I can't remember what she agrees with us about. But thank you, Mary, for agreeing with us. We like it when people agree with us. <laughs> I seriously can't remember anything about it. That's nuts. Mm. Female dementia. Sorry, Mary. Sure, it's very good. Sure, everyone loved it. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Jeremy Smith. I've just taken the laptop out of the fridge, so hopefully this noisy fan won't kick in and interrupt me while I'm recording this. Last time I called in, you called me an outlier, and everyone's probably going to think that's even more applicable when I say how happy I am that Kate's back. Now, don't get me wrong. I think she's a horrible person, and if we met each other in the real world, we wouldn't have anything to do with each other. I doubt I would even register within Kate's reality. But she's one of those characters that you love to hate, isn't she? And all of the comedy that that provides. Then you get those wonderful payoff scenes where somebody tells her what they really think of her. Even her own grandmother. Remember when Kate said, I am Phoebe's mother, and Peggy said, only when it suits you, dear. Brilliant stuff. My only complaint is that all of the veganism and the meditation is getting a bit over the top and it's making her sound like a bit of a caricature. So I think they need to tone that down a bit if she's here to stay, which it sounds like she is. Finally, well done to the new actress playing Kate. She really sounds like Kate. And have you seen a picture of her online? She actually looks like Kelly Bright, even though she doesn't need to. 
even the TV soaps don't recast this well. Well, I'm off to change my username on Twitter now to The Outlier. Cheers. Jeremy Smith mm. uh, agrees with, uh, or no, you agree with him now, don't you? Because um, he's very pleased that you called him an outlier, by the way. Mm. Yes. And, but, but he's but going to change his, his, his Twitter thing to be outlier. Um, I know he's happy that Kate's back as well. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, she is, it, it, she's not the boo hiss swish of a cloak, of a cloak that Hazel Woolley is. But I just find, I do, I cannot express how infuriating I find her. She makes my stomach physically sort of go all tight, like I've just been punched every time I hear her. <laughs> oh, I've always hated her. Ever since she was small, I think because she dragged all the others into getting into trouble when she was like the little rich girl in the village, and she started playing with the Grundy boys in the in the um, abandoned house, yeah. the empty house, and she was making them do. And then I just I was thinking, stop it because you're not going to get into trouble, and they really are. And stop it, just stop manipulating people. And I couldn't bear it, and I still can't. <laughs> No, the, the level of self-delusion and self-centeredness is just a, a marvel to behold. But as, as I said before, um, we all know at least one person who, who is like this. And, you know, the kind of macrobiotic, I eat so well, look at me, my body is a temple. You know, I'm in tune with the world, ley lines, all that kind of cod's wallop. Right. Yeah. And... The whole of the planet revolves around them. Yeah. But after saying that, though, right, um, you and I are much more like a Kate Aldridge than we would care to admit. Why? According, according to Moser68, who described us in their review, said we're very funny but also very needy. No. Yes. Moser. How could they say that? That probably <laughs> So, it's probably, a, I'm seeing a lot of myself in Kate. And that's <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we'll come on to reviews. We actually have some news of reviews, reviews, Yay! news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, we're, we're jumping around it in our show. And we, yeah, we, need, we need to come back to uh, what, what uh, Jeremy said. But yes, Jeremy, I completely agree. I loved that that bit from ages ago when she said, Kate said to, to, to Horrible Peggy, um... Uh, I am Phoebe's mother, you know, and Peggy said, only when it suits you, dear. And I, it was the dear at the end that was the absolute kick in the pants. That was fabulous. Mm. I agree. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Joe Bear here. Uh, just a couple of random thoughts, really, about the last week. Um, I'm really beginning to warm to Rob Titchener. Um, if by, of course, warm to, I mean smack him in the face with a frying pan. He goes from bad to worse, doesn't he, really? He wasn't going to show that letter to Helen. Mm, he's got more gas like than a Victorian street to be honest with you though frying pan in the face for me is probably the better option for Titchy Knob um, because if Goddess Diva gets his ha- her hands on him well it's going to get a bit medieval isn't it I see hot pincers and tongs up places where they shouldn't be um, yeah it's going to be medieval torture there um, 
The other thing, um, yeah, I'm quite warming to Johnny. It'd be great if Johnny had a nice little straightforward, non-drama, non-teenage pregnancy kind of love story. Just meet somebody and we follow his journey just getting to know them, dates and dating them and stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be nice. But the opposite end of the romance stakes, well, it's the end for Adam and uh, Ian, isn't it, really? Bit of a controversial view, but I've never really been that much of a fan of Ian. Didn't really see much point to him apart from dinner, basically. Um, Just, no, just, I don't know, just... I just never warmed to him. And to be honest with you, if you look at this objectively, don't you think Adam will be much, much happier with Charlie? They can sit there of an evening, bore each other with spreadsheets and agricultural talk. You know, I think Adam will just be happier. And also as well, you know, he'd be kind of marrying into the business, won't he? So, you know, Adam's future might be a bit more secure. I don't know. Maybe it's not the end. I don't know. But I've just got a bad feeling about this. I think, I think, Ian and Adam have kind of run their course but I don't know but there you go but then again don't listen to me because I quite like Charlie Parker spreadsheet so you know my judgment's obviously really way off so but there you go anyway some random thoughts um was very very thankful for the lack of Alice this week that was that was kind of nice for me so um yeah so that's the state of play and oh by the way please God, let this be the end of the Brookfield thing this week. Please just let it end. Okay, that's me done. Okay, bye. Yokel Bear, Titchy Knob is being foul and deserves to be hit in the face with a frying pan. I like Ian. I don't understand why anybody wouldn't like Ian. Me either. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I think he sounds different. He uh, has a proper job, but he does, unlike many of the people on the Archers, who, if you're not a farmer, really, you're just stuffed. Because <laughs> it's like 
they've got an agricultural advisor, but they don't have a real life advisor. So they just have no idea what real people do when they're not being well, farmed. That, that, that's a little bit harsh because Alistair, his job is well defined. He's yes, but farmer. that's because he spends his time with his hands up a cow's bum. Everyone knows what a vet does. And it's basically being a farmer with Alan a Alan the vicar. Yes, all right. Clearly so how know. many vets and vicars do you know, Royce? Uh, uh. <laughs> exactly. And how many data analysts or people who just do a bit of marketing or, you know, something nice and undefined, which is the kind of thing that people actually do? I know lots of those types of Exactly. And how many of them are in the archers? None, apart from Robert Snell until he got the boot. Alice, she does something kind of a bit like that. She's a wedding planner and a no, she's not. No. and a deputy director. The wedding planning was a little side hobby and look yeah. how that turned out. I was say it went really well. <laughs> <laughs> As a career segue, it was a stroke of genius. <laughs> Hi, it's Sean here from Coventry. I'm on Twitter at Cedarmaster. You asked what we all did for a living and I'm a delivery driver. So I'm one of the few Dumpty Dummers who's actually looking forward to Brookfield Distribution Hub opening. I do have a few musings this week. Um, I know Bly Spirit wasn't universally enjoyed on here, but I for one thoroughly enjoyed it. Though I was surprised it wasn't available to download as a podcast. I'd like to kill off a couple of characters. Uh, one won't come as any surprise is Johnny, who has done my head in from the start, and he should just go. And the second one is New Tom, who is dull, dull, dull as dishwater. He's brought absolutely nothing to the programme since he come back, and just kill him off, kill him off, get rid of him. I'd like to spice things up, however, by bringing in a new character, who is going to be Henry's biological father, who is a six-foot-five rugby player, and is going to sort Rob out big time. The other thing I'd like to bring up is the subliminal power of Dumpty Dum. I'm sure you're not aware of this, but I do find myself going around all day reminding myself of Ruth's answer when she answers the phone. She goes, Ambridge 3962 will have this stuck in my head all day. So much so that I'm now using 3962 as my PIN number on my card. And if anyone finds my iPhone, well, it won't take them long to get into it. Thanks then. Bye. You see, Cedarmaster is a delivery driver. There are no delivery drivers in Ambridge either, apart from people who are looking for a track to work. Um, uh, do you know what he says about um, that uh, he, he can't get Harriet doing Ambridge 3962? Yes. You know when Red Roof yeah. answers the phone. <laughs> My sister can't listen to that because it makes her yawn. <laughs> really? <laughs> she said Ruth's voice. Harriet, when Harriet does Ruth's voice, it just makes oh, it my does? sister yes. feel really sleepy. Because she said she just sounds so exhausted and she said she has to stifle yawns. But yes, uh, Sean, I don't think you should have given everyone your PIN number, really, uh, on a podcast. (laughs) Uh, If you want to um, make amends, you can ring in and give us your date of birth and your mother's maiden name. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, He'd like to kill off Johnny and dull new Tom. New Tom is quite dull, isn't he? Mm. But then old Tom, old Tom was was dull until he yeah. But no, but he was interesting back. dull. He was he, annoyingly interesting dull. dull, as opposed to he was just actually and dull. Yeah, he was a bore. He wasn't yeah. actually dull, but he was a bore. Yeah. Whereas this man is just now a bore. sausages, sausages, packing, packing. Yeah. Me and my sausage. Me and my sausage. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. 
You, Tom's shown no evidence he's even got a sausage yet, has he? <laughs> no. There's nothing on that front. Not- That's because Frosty's going to come back. Hoorah! I think. Um, and he'd quite like to kill off Johnny. Yes! Johnny's going to have dyslexia, isn't he? That's what all that writing the numbers down back to front in the thing was. Yeah. Yes. But So that yes. will be drawn out for another bloody six months when we'll all be shouting, He's got dyslexia! <laughs> At the radio. <laughs> You'll probably end up being Prime Minister then. Ah, because they're all entrepreneurial. Well, no, it was uh, Winston Churchill. He was a famous dyslexic, wasn't he? And he did so terribly at school. Yeah, it. yeah. And um, oh. one of the reasons why he was so good at uh, speeches, he used to memorise them. And, and you know, be, he just couldn't, you know, read from, from scripts and uh, did... I think he was second bottom in his class at school and all his teachers said, you'll, you'll, you'll amount to nothing other than save the British nation as uh, <laughs> from invasion, from, 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 you know, from, from Hitler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so you never know. There might be a career in politics for Johnny. Hello, Royfield and Lucy. This is GNR61 on the Twitters. I'm sorry I haven't called for a while. I've been a bit busy. Um, I haven't entirely listened to your latest podcast in completeness, but I'm just wondering if you mentioned the kiss, the Adam-Charlie kiss, because Helen obviously saw them and went mad, but she just seems to have forgotten about it. It's never been mentioned. I mean, it's only a week, and I know they like to drag these things out, but it's very frustrating. And I'd also like to say that I'm not sure that £140,000 will be a deal-breaker when the cost of the property is three or four million. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Hopefully it will be. You never know, you luck. Um, and I also want to mention the miraculous recovery of Tony, who once one minute was literally dying with Pat weeping at his bedside, and the next was pogoing around the ward, offering her birthday presents and keen to get back on the farm. I thought that was very strange. Um, so, anyway, just a few thoughts. Not very interesting ones, I'm afraid. Thank you again for the podcast, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Jean R61. I love Jean R61's voice. She's got such a gorgeous accent. Um, the Adam Charlie kiss. I, well, Helen hasn't forgotten about it. I agree. I was waiting for her to go rampaging round uh, to uh, Charlie or or uh, Adam and start chatting but of course she couldn't go rampaging around to Adam because Adam was not there Um, and I'm not sure anyone even knows where Charlie lives really because he's been very good at keeping himself all uh, secret secret but uh, Helen did ask Rob how he got on with Charlie and how if Charlie was okay at the moment and had he mentioned anything about um, da, 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 and all that and I thought she's she's uh, she's probing she is she's having a little probe to see whether or not uh, Charlie has expressed any anxiety over Helen spotting them and also she was trying to find out whether or not Adam had uh, whether or not Charlie had a significant other wasn't she mm. she was kind of saying has he mentioned his home life like Rob ever listens to what anyone else says anyway, so he wouldn't notice. True that. True that. And she says, Jean R61 says that 140 grand is not a deal breaker when you're paying that much for a house, for a flat. But if the survey comes back and says you should not buy this property because the water is so bad and the nitrates in the soil and all that, they won't get a mortgage. They won't get... The 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 the, the, uh, the bank won't guarantee it, will they? 
Uh, God, I sound like Cosmo. Exactly. <laughs> and this is all slightly over my head. I'm <laughs> sorry. But if you say it is so, Lucy, it is so. It is so. Mm-hmm. I don't bloody know, do I? Anyway. The substance is here, the wrong sort of listener. You were asking about storylines that we'd like to hear resurrected. And there is really only one choice, even for the right sort of listener. It needs to be the one that left us with a severe case of Brookfieldus Interruptus. It was indeed the Oxford Ring Road when Sam and Waruthi failed to go away forever. That was so disappointing, I can't tell you. I really would be very keen to um, not hear about Ruth anymore. So I don't want her just to move to Prada, because if she just moves, she will be regularly missed, and worse still, she could possibly come back again. I don't want her to die tragically of cancer, I don't want her to heroically die saving a calf from a ditch or something like that because in those circumstances she would be beatified and there'd be yet another stained glass window at St Stephen's which must be by now uh, completely lacking in walls because there are so many windows. What I do want is for Sam to return for a bit of cagoule rustling in the milkshed, um, and I want her to remind—I want him to remind her that um, whatever it was is huge. He kept saying it's huge. He didn't sound like a man with something that was huge, to be honest. So I think he must have been talking about something that wasn't totally apparent there, really. And then they can go off and they can both die horrifically in a car accident that doesn't involve anything else other than possibly a tree uh, en route to the Travelodge on the Ring Road. Having left an explicit goodbye note to Dave, um, because that way she definitely won't come back and she will have left in disgrace. And so she won't be spoken of reverently in hushed tones as uh, the stained glass window is finally consecrated. Uh, War Ruthie and uh, possibly Sam, but definitely Ruth, dead and disgraced. That would do me perfectly, really. Anyway, that's it. Thank you very much. Bye. Dusty substances. Your healthy dusty substances. She wants the she wants Sam and Ruth's storyline back. Well, really, she just wants Ruth to go away. She wants her to die. She said, <laughs> not nastily die, die nicely, but not in such a nice way that she ends up doing something brave and saving somebody from something else and inadvertently dying in the process. So I, I must admit, before I discovered Twitter, I had no idea that Ruth was so reviled by um, by Archerdom. <laughs> She never upset me, got in the way of me enjoying the archers at all. And then you 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 discover Twitter and seething hotbed of loathing and hatred for this poor woman (laughs) who's done nothing except marry a man, have lots of children, cancer and affair and a miscarriage, and that's it. Yeah. And she has an inability to cook. Yeah. Mm. Well, I dislike her because I am jealous. Mm. I don't really have any major beef with her other than that. If she was if she was married to someone else, I probably wouldn't mind her at all. Was that pun intended? No major beef. Oh, yeah. Or such a beef. Um, I do think that 
she is a little bit selfish. She's a bit self-involved, maybe. It's a better way. But I don't think I wanted to die dusty. I think you need to have a little bit of a look at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Wishing death on people. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Cosmo here. Here means home, because I'm back. I've had a great holiday, and I've listened to some great podcasts from you in the meantime. It's only eight weeks till I go on another holiday, which is good for me. Sorry, Lucy, about the capitals on the emails. I put them in on the Dunty Dum website, and it seems to put everything into capitals. I wasn't shouting at you, really. Moving on. Derek Turner, who is an expert on these matters, tells me that it is impossible for Alan to marry Ed and Emma, and if he does more than a blessing, then the vicar must lose his parish. So I wait to hear that Alan is leaving us. I was listening this week, and I wondered if Rob has found some way of altering the orders from organics before Jazza and Johnny made them up. And has he perhaps been seeing Tina at some point? Or is that overdoing the conspiracy theory? And surely Helen should talk to Tom. It's all part of the family business, and Tony is keen to know what is going on. I particularly liked Carol's comment on the Aldridge marriage. Almost a throwaway line, but it had me laughing. I don't really like commenting on the Brookfield move, because we all know it won't happen, but I did work out that those robotic milking machines will cost around £400,000, and I wonder if they can afford that on top of everything else. Finally, I remain bemused by the whole concept of an Ambridge tea room and how it might make money. It will extract custom from the bull, which might upset her mother. And frankly, are there any premises for it to go in? But I have realised that the answer to the question was in an episode a few weeks back when Charlie said that he ordered takeaway sandwiches and coffee for Adam. And clearly she's intending to make her money out of selling takeaway sandwiches and coffee. Anyway, that's all for now. No doubt I shall hear far more in this week's podcast. Good luck. Bye. Cosmo wants to know if Rob has been seeing Tina. And surely Helen should talk to Tom. Well, yes, but part of what um, horrible Rob is doing with the jolly old gaslighting is making Helen feel as if he is the only person she can trust because that's how it works. Um, so he's saying, maybe, maybe talk to me before you go talking to anyone else. And blah, 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 blah. Um, Yes, it's it's really unpleasant. Still, was that the first time we ever heard Tina's voice? Because when she yes. had the interview, yeah, I yes. thought so. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And what's the name of that lovely character who works with Lillian and Matt? Oh, the one who was whip, whipping them into yes. shape and taking lunch. And, big, yeah. We need her back. Yes. She. She was the one that Duckling to Duckling Tuft was quite keen on. Yes. Oh, the cut of her brogue or something. The yes. or something. Yeah. Yes. 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 Mm. Yes. She was good. But then we've got a lot of singles wibbling around at the moment. People who aren't really. Wibbling? Well, you know, they're kind of drifting. They, they don't have. They just sort of pop in and out again, like Tina and like Johnny and like. Um, if I never hear another word from this Tina character again, till till the. Till the archers goes off air, I'll be quite happy. And you're not a fan. No, it's just oh come on. But Anthea, no, she brought something to the show. She brought something to the it party. Yeah. yeah. And she had the match for Lillian. Yes. 
that that was brilliant. <laughs> yes, I too, as well, Cosmo, by the way, I'm bemused by an Ambridge tea room. But judging by the way the whole of Ambridge talks about tea and coffee as if it is a combination of the elixir of youth and crack, um, possibly it is something that they need because they are completely obsessed with it. Ooh, coffee! Oh, how lovely, Jill. Oh, read my mind. You say, it's bloody coffee. God. Uh, so, yes, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just they cannot get enough of it. Mm. But can you think, you know what she was saying? I've got to, it's such bollocks, isn't it? Excuse the language, but it really is. When she said, when Fallon is saying to Kenton, oh, well, I've got to review my, op-, he said, what sort of thing are you looking for? And, uh, you know, she's saying, oh, well, I've got to look up, do a bit of research online before I can find somewhere. And it's got to be exactly the right sort of thing. And I was thinking, and you're miraculously going to find it four doors down from where you live. Isn't that a village that's got about 30 houses in it? How can you not, if there's an empty property or a suitable property, you're going to have walked past it about 100 million times. Oh, God, it's so silly. Anyway, I'm just trying to work out whose shed or caravan or something is she going to convert into some potty tea room? Mm, I I do think it, it, it is absolutely bonkers and nuts. And at best, it should be in Felpersham, shouldn't it, this tea shop? Yeah. You, you, it, it makes no economic sense it being in, yeah. in Ambridge. At-, at least Jax was out of the way a bit. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh. uh, Sam Davey. Uh, he emailed us and said, uh, no, he didn't, he tweeted us actually, and said his prediction is that Tichinob will try to bribe someone to take the paternity test for him. <laughs> How do you do that? Without, without getting too kind of, because we don't know what time people may have just been eating rice pudding or something, so they might not want to hear this, but how does one do a paternity test? Um, I don't know why I'm asking you as if you're some sort of expert. I'm not suggesting anything at all. I just wondered if you knew. You know what? If we ever do a late night version of Dumpty Dum, I'll mm. let you into a very funny, I'll let the listeners into a very funny um, kind of uh, story in my life where I was, um, my name was mentioned in court documents to be the, the father of, of, a, of a blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy. <laughs> to say that this gentleman was grasping at straws <laughs> putting it in mildly <laughs> oh god every time I think it's, it's the one thing that just creases me up and this happened like about five years ago I got <laughs> I got this call <laughs> are you sitting down Roy Ford I went yes um, your name's mentioned in a court document I went I beg your pardon Yes, somebody says that you're the father of my child. I mean, I haven't seen or touched you in years, woman. She says, I know. (laughs) And then emailed me a picture of her son's blonde-haired, blue-eyed little cherub. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. So, uh, anyway, but uh, (laughs) that's a story for another time. So, But for a paternity test, it's just any kind of, you know... It's not like you need to produce something into a little, you know, a, a specimen oh, right. into a container. It's just a, a hair follicle or anything, isn't it? Any bit of you, you will do and they'll take the DNA from that. 
So how do they know that you're the person that you are pretending to be? Oh, well, I suppose... Now, you know, you know our, our, our dumpty dum resource of people mm. that we... Philippa Davy is married to Sam Davy, and Sam Davy is our 2000th follower on Twitter. Hoorah for Sam Davy! And he is the one who said that his prediction is a teacher because he used to work for the Child Support Agency. So, what we need you to do, Sam, the man, Sam, is ring in and tell us what the process would be and how you could fiddle it, and therefore, how Titchy Knob could get someone else to take the paternity for him. Can we do that? Yes, let's do that. Okay, excellent. Hey all, this is Barb from Michigan. It's been a while since I've called in. I just wanted to let you know how worried I am about Fabrice of Felpersham. I don't know a lot about him. I don't know that he's ever been directly on Mike, but the impression I get is that he would not have taken it lightly when Rob stepped all over his ideas about wispy little little wisps of, of hair around Helen's massive jawbone in favor of frumpy old um, layers. Sorry, having a little bit of trouble expressing things today. But anyway, I, I think, and this is why I'm so excited, I'm afraid that Rob roofied him. And I am hoping that once he comes around, um, Rob is going to have a certain amount of, of reckoning to face from Fabrice. So, love the podcast. Thanks a lot. By the way, I'm on medical retirement. I worked in insurance here in Michigan. So, if you ever need information about insurance in Michigan, yeah, I'm I'm your girl. So, thank you. Bye. Bringing up the rear in the nicest possible way, we have Bob from Michigan, who is worried about Febreze of Felpersham uh, because she thinks, I liked it when she said, well, can, about... can, listen, I, I know I really shouldn't do this. Right? I know what? I shouldn't. We know there was, as if about bringing up the rear, mm. right? Well, well, well. It's just because uh, you know, obviously, this is a show about the archers. Primarily, mm. it's about the archers. But we talk about life, philosophy, culture. Whose rear have you brought up? <laughs> I watched Girls yesterday. Oh yes. Have you, do you watch that? I am aware of it. I haven't watched Have it. you seen the first episode of the new season? I'm aware of it. I haven't watched it. Marnie's rear is being brought up in spectacular fashion. Right. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hi, Barb from Michigan. We've now got to move on to you after that startling segue. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm going to have to go watch it now. Um... Uh, yes, I did like it, though, when she said about the wispy hair around Helen's massive jawbone. You made her sound <laughs> like a donkey or something. Um, uh, yes, I don't think Febreze would take very kindly to Rob giving advice on, or countermanding his advice. Is it'll be straighteners at dawn. They'll be waving curling tongs to each other. Yes, but the whole thing was just hideous. Um, of Rob going into that flipping hairdressers anyway. But yes, I could understand why that would uh, rile poor old Febreze. And um, Barb works in insurance in Michigan. She's the second person we've got who's insurance person. Mm. We've got a lot of very cautious admin people. Have you noticed? (laughs) We haven't got any fighter pilots or... You know, bomb disposal experts. We've got people who like things in order. Not, Not yet. yet. Back to with our 
the chaos that we both operate in, we probably need nice people around us who operate in order to look after us because we're neurotic and needy or whatever it was that person said on the reviews. I'll tell you what, that cut me to the quick that did. It really <laughs> did. I was so... <laughs> But anyway, listen, are we done with the calls now? We are. Oh, all right, excellent. Um, I tell you what, why don't we have a brief little... Why don't we meditate? All uh, right. For about uh, a minute. And, okay, I've, and, I've, I've now got my foot stuck behind my head and I'm going to need some sort of mechanical outfit to actually unhook myself, so I might go and do that first. <laughs> okay. Breathe deeply. <laughs> and visualise. Fancy getting your mouth around something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. Right, Lucy. Yes? What are your... Top five. Hashtag... The Archers. Tweet of the week. Uh, Moonbug11 said... This is the only UK village shop that is incorporated in the Cayman Islands and can report a loss of £2 million on three boxes of vegetables. <laughs> uh, Sue Archer said, oh, this is because I tweeted on the afternoon play. Mm. It was it was about fighter pilots. It was about the Falklands War. And all of a sudden, Ed Grundy popped up in the middle of it. Mm. I said, oh, that's Ed Grundy. And Sue Archer said, they should announce names so we know. For example, Rollo was played by the bloke who plays Jim off of the artist. <laughs> I love that. Um, uh, and then uh, Bob Hawkins saw the uh, trail for um, the next day's episode of The Archers and it said, a shock for Robin Helen. And he said, Ocado accidentally delivers tuna. Um, Dawn Oliver said, and I think this is um, something that's appealing to all of us, I don't know which gets me laughing more, Rob thinking the law doesn't apply to him or all the juicy upcoming bankruptcies. Mm. Yes. It, Kenton has got to stop this. He has got to stop spending the money. Um, and Tweet of the Week. Oh, was stop, from... stop, stop, stop. That's, uh, I know that people like it when I do that. They do. I haven't done it for a long time. No. Yes, always leave them wanting more, Royce. Um, this is from Other Pete. He said, there is a farmer debating on the Today programme with a proper Grundy accent. Every time they come back to it, I'm scared it'll have been recast. Genius! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pete, very good. <laughs> Listen, if we've done Twitter, we might as well nip over to the other bastion of social media, which is the Book of Face, where we now have 574 likers. So here is Millie Bell with the other Archers related facebook goings on hello dumpty dummers this week we asked you the question with it being that time of year we like to look forward and we like to look back we wondered what was the first storyline you could remember that came as a total shock we started you off with a few suggestions and there was a bit of a theme we had people going quite far back they remembered the barn burning down a number of people said the first one that shocked them was what happened to nigel and John's death for Pete Lambert was the first episode he heard while scouring the Leicestershire airways looking for trip hop. 
so it was a shock a few weeks later for him to discover the Archers actually wasn't just 13 minutes of sobbing every single episode. And then, of course, after that, the Grundy Ferret genocide was probably horrible because such a, the salt of the earth character had been driven to it. This was an event that was supported by a number of you. The one that re- I remember um, and Diane Telford remembered was Kathy getting violated. Deb, ben Hardy reminded us that Debbie had been beaten up quite graphically by Simon Pemberton. And Janet Orty said that John's death was the biggest shock for her. It made me think about the fact that there seems to be on Facebook at the moment quite a lot of controversy about the the current storylines and they're all a bit sensationalist. But when you hear the memories that you guys came up with just when we asked that simple question, actually it's always been a little more than just country life, hasn't it? and that they do keep the drama driving. They drive that drama for us really well. And it made me think about the fact that I need to be just a little bit less judgmental and just enjoy the storylines as they happen. I hope the same thing happens for you. And we'll have a new question for you this week. So uh, scoot back to our uh, Facebook page and I'll see you there. Hey, I've enjoyed that. Um, I, I think we're just about over loose uh but um just remind you all that we have a shop an s-h-o-p shop on our website where you can get archers merch and all the cool kids have it you know so don't get left out go buy some stuff um now we love you lot big time and if you love us back there are many ways that you can show it you can hit the donate button on our site and i will give a roll call i said i was going to do it this week but one thing and another i haven't because uh, it's been such a mega long show but um I, i'm going to do a roll call of people who have donated and also there is a way for you to sponsor a show um look online for the details of that but hit the donate button and you can give us some cold hard moolah cash wonga readies um or you can go to patreon.com which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n search for dumpty dum and you can donate two dollars a show which is about one pound thirty and uh so yeah so that's all good Uh, you can you know do that you don't have to the show will always be free but if you want to show your appreciation that way cool wicked smashing super now news reviews reviews of news <laughs> I'm, I'm getting that all wrong in about face reviews news news of reviews yes we have some oh yes by golly my gosh we have one from one bad lamb polaris bucket dust drift 51 and we mentioned this person before musa 68 who says that lucy and i are needy hmm but thank you for the very positive review, Musa. And from Canada Land, um, Meeg T. Yes, she sent us a review. Now, for thank the you. love of all things sweet and holy people, keep those reviews coming because with them we get more listeners to the podcast. And we want more listeners because we're needy. We need you like that. We are. We are. We are the Woody Allen of podcasting, both of us, aren't we? <laughs> Do you say Woody Allen? Yes. Mm, I don't know if you can throw him in as a little yeah, sideline anymore. That's true. Mm, yeah. No, 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 no. Leave yeah. me out of that one. Okay. 
Yeah, mm. no, yeah, me too, actually. Reversing! Podcast <laughs> reversing. <laughs> yeah, back that tractor up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but remember, you can also send us a voice message if you want to get on the show, folks, uh, because you are important. You are the green in the, in, the, in our village. Uh, so you can send a voice for our message via the site, or you can call us on 0203031305 from a normal, regular phone to leave us a message. You can also ping us a regular text message if you like via our website, or you can find us on the Twitters where we are at dumb t dumb, or you can tweet me at Royfield spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D or me at Lucy V Freeman so please 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 keep those reviews coming because we want to be top of the podcast charts before Kate Aldridge downs another carafe of vegan plonk (laughs) Mm. I I can hear voices behind you yes because um have you all... got poltergeists? No. What I what okay. I what I've done is I have um, found my way into um, a uh, into a room in someone's house, and there's all manner of Americans talking in the other room, and oh. uh, yeah, 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 they 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 kind of like to do that. These these Yanks talk. They talk. How <laughs> <laughs> extraordinary! They don't say much, but they talk a, a, a whole <laughs> awful lot. How funny uh, they are. Mm, yeah. <laughs> But and uh, but you know what though, I got a real sense that your call was very much in balance today, spiritually, and professionally, and comedically, Lucy. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were present. I thought you were right here, and you were present. That's because and... I've had seven carafes. Carafes <laughs> <laughs> of what though? Carafes <laughs> of Carol Toboggan tea. Good, good, good. Well, there is. It goes out well in San Francisco, though, wouldn't it? Would, it would. What you've said. All manner of herbal infusions at every kind of like cafe you go to, and then people are just smoking the green like there's no tomorrow. You know, mm. just like this. How does it get anything done? Well, this is the thing. People here are just so incredibly chilled. Then it's not that kind of like in your face Americana. Uh, Americanness that um, you see on the movies. People are chilled, but they're not totally horizontal. People actually quietly get stuff done in this town, but they slowly. Are... Well, uh, true, very true. They smoke a lot of weed on street corners. It is no problem, and also they're professional. But there's so many bars in this town, so right. many. I walking down the road in a. 100 yard stretch and this is not on any main street i walked past four bars uh and we're doing a roaring trade at like one o'clock in the morning as i was walking home and and, and again this was not in the center of town this is in like a quiet neighborhood and um but every but people aren't rolling around drunk there isn't that binge drinking culture yeah. we have you know people are drinking drinking sensibly and they can you know moderate their intake of alcohol and uh, moderate it while they're smoking their weed and still manage to have successful startup.com businesses they're a different breed apart here in in uh, San Francisco and it's just they're, they're very lovely and it's a lovely town and it's ridiculously racially diverse as well 
yeah. in, in a way that I, I, I didn't quite kind of uh, realise. You know, it's uh, it's very, um, as they would call it, Asian and white and black and, you know, it's a proper melting pot. It, oh, it's lovely, 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 lovely place, lovely place. Is it better than Birmingham? Ah, uh, well, phew. My hometown of Birmingham's getting a bit, a bit of a. I know. I was thinking about you earlier. Did you see the Twitter thing? I I did. Oh, it was. I love the fact that we respond to this aggression and this bullying and this, you know, just overwhelmingly vicious arrogance of these people with something like that. Mm. I love it. It 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 has to be said that. And people say all the time about Fox News. It's obviously not about news. And the reason why this guy was brought on is because he's entertaining. Yeah. You know, in inverted <laughs> commas, this man is entertaining. He's um, He says things which are provocative, and that's what they want. They don't want anybody to be balanced and actually be informed and say, oh, you know, 20% of the population of Birmingham is uh, is Muslim. That's it. You know, there are areas yeah. of Birmingham which have a high concentration of Muslims. Yeah. and uh, But, you know, that means 80% yeah. isn't. You yeah. know, they don't want anybody going on Fox News coming out with facts. What they want yeah. is somebody can go, ah! Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone's backed up. <laughs> <laughs> because you know what? Then people go, oh my gosh, and it creates yeah. more viewers yeah. and there's no yeah. such thing as bad publicity. Yeah. So... This man is entertaining. Though, to be fair, I just heard him on PM and with Eddie Mayer, and Eddie Mayer took him to pieces. But he said, I got it wrong. I had my research. I had my sources. And Eddie Mayer says, what were your sources? Tell us. And he says, I'm not going to tell you because, um, you know, I'm taking it on the nose for this one. Yeah. I was the person who said what I said. I've got but, it so I mean, spectacular. But he couldn't really do anything else, could he? No, I mean, no, no. But, but you know what? He didn't have to take that call. And he was no, very gracious. He was very yeah. gracious yeah. in saying, I got it spectacularly wrong. I saw on Twitter he'd said, I'm really sorry, Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm an arse. <laughs> <laughs> But all of the all of the pictures that people were throwing up and like you know and oh, one no. of the mecca bingo is just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the mad Muslim cleric and it's Roy Keane yeah. with a big beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and the queen the queen when she comes to, when she came to Birmingham she wearing a headscarf and even the queen's got a burqa. Yeah. <laughs> what I like was this lady. I don't even think it got reached. It is anywhere. It just had a pot of jam with one of those floral jam covers on and mm. said, even our condiments have to wear hijab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, well, <laughs> but it, it, it does. It, I, when I first came to, uh, when I first came to the States, it was 1996 and um, visited my grandfather in New Orleans. And we were driving somewhere. And I remember my granddad saying, we need to go and get some groceries. I forget what it was. And we had to drive 20 miles to get something, which is I thought was pretty basic. And that's when I really realised the, the size of, of America. And we went over this bridge, and I forget the name of the bridge, and it's the longest bridge in the world or something. It has some, some accolade. But we were listening to this radio show. 
And this man said, the president is a fraud, a fraud. We should impeach him. Well, and this guy banged on. And you know what, Lucy? It was exciting. I went, mm-hmm. you don't get this in the UK. No. This man is not sitting on the fence. He's not saying on the one hand this, but on the other yeah. hand that. And it was exciting. It was only years and years later I realised this was Rush Limbaugh. I had no idea what I was listening to. But mm-hmm. I can completely see how you can get sucked into mm-hmm. um, yeah opinion entertainment yeah but you've got to realize that's what it is and there are so many people uh and i'm not just going to say in america but there's so many people who um have a set of core beliefs and then just listen to people parrot those and then become more and more extreme by by the notion but by degrees and you don't Mm. realize and that's Mm. where you end up with this guy saying um Birmingham, the city of Birmingham in the UK is a Muslim no-go zone. You know, yeah. non-Muslims don't go there. Yeah. You know, and I'm absolutely sure, without listening to that news clip, that news reporter did not pull him up about that because he's an expert. And mm. Fox News is not about being balanced. It's no. about having an agenda and then getting people to in a, the most entertaining and frightening. It's about way. rhetoric, largely, yes. isn't it? It's to, just, to, yeah, yeah. Just to scare to scare you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. This is what we believe, and we're going to scare the bejesus out of you. Yeah. But you're going to remember what's been said. Yeah. So they get this yeah. buffoon on air. Yeah. And. <laughs> <laughs> This massive wazzock. Yeah. <sighs> but anyway, but anyway, it, I I I woke up to um, a barrage of Facebook posts and tweets of this, <laughs> uh, this nonsense. And uh, but yeah, uh, very very but very entertaining. Fox Fox News, brilliant, 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 brilliant. <laughs> if you just want to be ill informed and to hate <laughs> and end up hating your fellow man, listen yes. and watch yeah. Fox yeah. News. August the 11th, 1965, the bloodiest riot in 40 years of America's troubled racial history begins. Los Angeles, California, the district called Watts. 34 persons die, $40 million worth of property is destroyed, almost 4,000 are arrested. The American Negro, the invisible... ...is now more certain than ever that the bloody experience of Vietnam is to end in a stalemate. I have some very sad news for all of you, and I think uh, sad news for all of our fellow citizens and people who love peace all over the world. And that is that Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight. Remember that Martin Luther King is Martin Luther King. There have been some demonstrations at this early hour in downtown Chicago's Grant Park. We heard a moment ago that tear gas has been used as the demonstrators are attempting to form a line of parade and march Senator Robert Francis Kennedy on the died at 1.44 a.m. today, June 6, 1968, with Senator Kennedy. The 1960s, as we understand them, didn't really start happening until about 1965. The framework and the foundation is laid, of course, much earlier. But if you take a look at photographs of American people, you can see a change in fashion, style, and the entire culture 
that occurs sometime between 1964 and 1967. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.